Welcome to the Sounds of the World. We are your hosts, Hillary and Bill. Together, we're going to travel around the world to discover new music, discuss musical topics, and interview fascinating people. Our world is a buffet of music, and it is time to eat. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Sounds of the World podcast. Uh, today, we have a wonderful episode ready for you. Um, we have a very special guest here today. He's based out of Los Angeles. He's uh, a member of the, well, the permanent member of the band, Vatica. Uh, I first met him while he was on TikTok and started watching all of his TikToks about some great musical topics, industry secrets, um, it's got a great music playlist for everybody to learn, hear new musicians, uh, particularly BIPOC and LGBTQIA+. Um, and uh, talked about his own songs, um, such as Criminal, Broken Glass, Remember to Breathe, and so many more. So uh, we're excited to have him on today. And please welcome Alex Millar. Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you for being here. Like I said, like we said earlier, it's great to have you, and uh, it's it's a it's an honor and a pleasure to meet you. So, yeah, it's likewise same. I, I really I really appreciate uh, the opportunity, and uh, I'm glad that this is audio only and not the video feed because I just realized the the room I'm in is covered in like lights and stuff from the video shoot I just did. Oh. Last weekend, so it, it looks like a uh, a catastrophe happened back here. <laughs> no, that's just the life of a musician. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot to put on my Zoom background. There we go. <laughs> so uh, maybe you can give us a little like background about yourself and um, and how you uh, like how you came to appreciate music or kind of find your niche in music. Absolutely. Okay, the short version of me. So. Um, I've been playing music since I was six. I come from a musical family. My, my dad is a um, composer and a teacher and a classical pianist and conductor. Um, so I started on the piano and then I uh, picked up the singing and guitar when I was 14. And I've been playing in bands since I was uh, 14. And I, uh, I did get some lessons, but I pretty much taught myself uh, guitar and, and singing and bass. And I can get around on the drums a little bit. Um, and then I taught myself uh, recording um, and production uh, starting in like 2008 or so out of a need. Basically, every skill I've ever learned has been out of a need, like I needed to apply it to something. Um, me and my best friend at the time moved to Los Angeles in 2010. We started a band. We played a bunch of shows on the Sunset Strip and started doing showcases. We got signed to an indie label which uh, right after we got signed and was bought by Sony. So then we were signed to Sony effectively. So it, was in, it sounded good. It was an indie label with the resources of Sony, but like run small. Um, we, they gave us the money to go record a really amazing record at the mix room in Los Angeles with Ben Gross. He's a producer who's worked with everyone from, Star set to Eminem to Daughtry to Filter to Third Eye Blind to like if you go in his place, there's just like all these this wall with all these plaques of records. Like I have that one, I have that one, I have that one. <laughs> and and he is the uh, he's the sweetest guy, and he he treats everybody the same, whether you're multi platinum or an unknown unknown band. 
so we recorded it, had this really positive experience, and then the uh, label was just like, no, and never really gave us a reason why. Um, I have a whole bunch of theories as to why that is, and I, I can talk about that more in depth if you want, but the short, the short version of that is they sat on our record and they had us under um, what's pretty standard for new artists, which is a shit deal. It's, it's five records. They have you for five records. So we couldn't record new music. We couldn't perform. We couldn't do anything. We were just waiting for them to put out the record, and they had no plans to put out the record. So we ended up getting um, new management and legal that actually represented us, and we fought to get out of our contract. Uh, that took two years, which killed all of our buzz. Um, and lost uh, the members that were in the band, except for me, during that process. Um, and then uh, we won. I, I got out and I got the rights to all of our music and the masters and didn't owe any money or anything. And then started again, formed a new, new group under the same name, um, lined up. Uh, we actually did a little tour and then lined up a whole bunch of shows. And then the pandemic hit in, oh. in 2020 and that canceled everything um that band that group of people fell apart and it gave me the opportunity actually to start um figuring out like who who am i as a songwriter when i'm not collaborating with other people like all my life i collaborated with whoever's in the band and so i started finding my own voice i found new management yet again that i'm really happy with and at the same time um I started using TikTok because I was bored. <laughs> and the, the, that's how we the all thing about, right? Yeah. And the thing about TikTok that's really fascinating right now is it's the old, currently the only major social media app that actually offers organic reach. So just like Instagram used to in the beginning, just like even Facebook used to in the beginning, um, it looks like we're all around the same age. So I remember MySpace and before that, the dark days of Friendster. Like yeah. <laughs> when you used to post something, the people that were following you would see it. And Facebook's model of, well, pay to, to show it to them uh, really severs that, um, that like audience and artist uh, interaction. Like people just don't see, see your stuff unless you pay. And then sometimes not even then now. Yeah. We have a joke if you want to post on Facebook. Like, that's where your business posts going to die. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's going to die. <laughs> absolutely. It's it's impossible. Even if you have a really big budget, uh, like, I, you know, I've mentioned I've done some graphic design stuff. And uh, no matter what budget size you're dealing with, you're facing the same problem. And the thing that TikTok did was like, hey, what if we just show the videos to people that are interested in them? Now, it's definitely a spyware app like it's it's sucking all the data off of your phone by you having it installed and they seem to be pivoting towards um like some ads and a little sponsored posts that they're experimenting with that but still for the most part it actually offers organic reach so uh long story short what i what i started finding was people that are actually interested in um, both my music and then the types of videos that i was posting i started finding my target demographic and uh <laughs> And so I just kind of took it from there and it's been really freeing because the thing with being under the label was they wanted a very specific sliver of me, like dress all in black, uh, be very serious all the time. Um, definitely be straight. Like that was a thing. And then like write alternative rock only. 
and I am just a lot more than that. So the thing that's been cool about TikTok is I could just be myself, whoever that is on any given day. And the people that vibe with it, vibe with it. And those that don't can just scroll to the next video. And so I've started actually finding an audience, which is really cool. Um, and it's been a really, uh, really like welcoming and um, friendly community for the most part, except for, uh, I, I do some videos where I tackle problematic uh, artists, yeah. um, artists who have problematic songs. And oftentimes there's a deluge of awful people that find those. So aside from that, uh, <laughs> uh, it's been a really, really good time. So that's, that's like the short version. Yeah. Have you seen um, uh, a growth of interest in songs from your TikTok use? Yeah, there's a bleed over. Um, and it's obviously not where I want it to be yet, right? Like I want, you know, millions of views on my music, but not from, that's not from a egotistical place. Like it's not, it's not about me. It's the reason I write music is because I'm feeling a certain thing at a certain time. And then I try to write lyrics that are, uh, specifically ambiguous so that like, it's about something to me, but it's, they're universal enough that people can apply them to their own life situations and incorporate that into the soundtrack of their lives. And that's what I want. Like, I just, I just want, if you like my music, I want you to hear it. Uh, I don't really care if you know who I am. I just, I want that music to, to serve a purpose in your life. And so, so there is some bleed over. Uh, it's just not, um, TikTok hasn't figured out that my account is a music account primarily yet. Um, I had one specific type of video start gaining traction. And it seems like how the algorithm works is when you post that type of video, it rewards you. And when you post something new, it doesn't know what to do. So I'm, I'm like training it. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that a little bit. Um, I rarely post on my own TikTok, and, uh, some things like I've had one that went like 1600 people have seen it. And then after that, everything else was like maybe a hundred. <laughs> yeah. You know? I've, I've studied it cause I'm a nerd and, uh, there, it seems to do like, it'll, it'll give you an influx of traffic on whatever video that it decides. And then your next one, it'll give you significantly less. Yeah. And then after that, it's a crapshoot. Like it, I don't know how the algorithm works. I'm not a coder. I'm not a programmer, but I see it happen with, you know, this account's got 5 million followers. This video has 1 billion views. And then the one after that has a hundred thousand. Well, a hundred thousand is great, but that's only a fraction of the amount of followers that you have. Right. So right. I, I don't know how it determines it, but I know part of it has to be partly on purpose to have you keep pitching, basically keep trying, chasing that, um, that return on your engagement. So, yeah, we kind of heard the same thing from, uh, we interviewed another guy, team Louie. Uh, yeah. And we talked to him about it and he's like, I made one video and it went really good. And then the next like four videos were meh. Yeah. And then I made the cat rap video and that blew up. And then the next three were meh. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are are you talking about the uh the cat rapper guy yeah. from, from Netflix? Uh no, this is uh the guy from tech, uh TikTok who um 
his, his thing is Team Louie, and it was like this cat that was meowing, and then people had duetted it. And then yeah. he like found this beat, and he just like wrote it at 12 in, at night, <laughs> and then recorded it by 2 a.m. He was done. He posted it, went to bed, woke up at 8 o'clock, and he had like 1,600 new likes and all this. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I went viral overnight over one video. <laughs> I didn't know that there was more than one cat rapper, but I'm, I'm really happy to learn that there is. There needs to be many cat rappers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's own genre. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, a con- that's content I'm here for. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what kind of uh, video do you get, do you get the most traction with? Uh, the most traction I get is a series that I do called self-made is a toxic myth. And that uh, I apply it to music and I take uh, someone who's immensely popular. And then I read their like official first line or two of their official bio, which is usually like this artist uh, came out of nowhere in some way or another, you know, they uploaded a video to YouTube or they just started playing shows and were discovered or whatever. And then the next thing you know, they had a multi-platinum Grammy-winning album, and everything was great. And more often than not, the that is that story is starting like towards the end of the like how they got to where they are story. It doesn't start with where they were born. It doesn't start with uh, usually who their parents are. And the reason for that is is several fold. One is because they usually come from immense wealth and privilege. Um, to make it that quickly. Uh, and the other thing is that my, um, my opinion is that nobody is self-made. Um, somebody much smarter than me, in fact, I need to pull up who said it, uh, but uh, said nobody's community, uh, self-made, we're all community-made. And I like that a lot more because especially in America, we're, we're addicted to this rags to riches, anyone can make it story. But that story is based on sort of American dream propaganda from the 40s and 50s, which even then was only true for a very small segment of the population, you know, white, straight, cis men, basically, were the only people that had access to the American dream on the GI Bill uh, is what enabled that. So it it never was for everybody. And then... um, by shifting the focus uh, to personal responsibility, right? So like that, that favorite talking point that you just got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and work really hard and then all your hard work is going to pay off. Right. Well, in almost every industry, hard work only gets you part of the way there. Like there have to be people that help you and there have to be people that open doors for you. And, um, that's before you even get into where you were born on the privilege ladder in life. So to use myself for an example, I come from a um, upper middle class family, right? By that, I mean, they own their own house. Um, I'm white. Uh, I uh, inhabit a cis passing mask body, right? So like already those are a bunch of privileges that I have. Was I born rich? No, but I certainly wasn't born where I had to get a job at, you know, 13 under the table to help, you know what I mean? Like, and everybody has, you know, we were talking about this before we started recording. I I had the privilege of being able to go to graduate school, right? I'm in debt for that, but I could go. 
Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, don't get me started on for-profit education. But uh, <laughs> but everybody, you know, even if you're talking about two unhoused people and one has a tent and one doesn't, that person has a little more privilege than that person does. Right. And so everybody has some form of privilege when they're born. And then they have their parents or their guardians or and their teachers and friends and the people around them that help them and then uh, you know people that give them chances along the way whether that's somebody giving you a job whether that's somebody teaching you an instrument whether that's somebody saying yeah you can play on this show whether that's so it's, it's a long series of events that lead to the chance of somebody getting into a position where the right door can be open for them and then the right person hears their song and then that person says, okay, let's sign you to a contract, or whatever. And then that contract has to be like, it's a whole series. So these, since it's so complicated and nebulous, it's a lot easier and more alluring to do like, we had a song and the record company showed up at the club and then they signed us and instantly it was a hit. And it's right. like, that that's a myth like, that almost never ever happens is it theoretically possible sure but it it does not in practice happen especially now yeah and how you know people were like all of a sudden she was on the scene with um bad guy and stuff and you're like okay but let's not forget yes she is talented but don't forget about the fact that she has this older brother who was already well in the business and she already yeah. had connections and things yeah, he was on a he was on a TV show, but uh, he's on Glee, I think. But before that, uh, their parents were in the industry in non um, non spectacular job. I and they'll have the research in front of me. I don't remember, but they were like directly involved in their in the entertainment industry, and they made a uh, decent living doing that, which enabled them to be able to have both a combination of connections and money to uh, help the careers of their children. No one gets famous at 13 or 14 by themselves. Like that's just impossible. Even if it's, even the story that people like to use where Taylor Swift was discovered in a mall by a guy walking by, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's a guy walking by that chooses her. She didn't do that. That's, that's not self-made. And so I think the reason that people are so addicted to it, aside from the fact that we're, we're trained to be from birth by the um, capitalist ruling class is uh, that it gives you hope. You know, if you're, if you're working a shit job, you know, I've, I've had plenty of shit jobs. And if you're working, you know, doing dishes in the back of a restaurant um, after either school or you work an eight hour shift and then you, you know, after that you're going to band practice and then you get like six hours of sleep and do it all over again. And, you know, after months and months of doing that, you know, you get 12 people to come out to your show. Like it gives you hope that if you just keep slogging away, you're going to be able to get there. And that's the thing that sucks is like, you might like, but it won't be through sheer force of will. And uh, I think I spent a lot of time. Um, the reason I do it is for other artists because or do that series is for other artists. Cause I spent a lot of time, like my songs are good enough. Um, you know, the band is right. The vibe is good. We're drawing a lot of people. Like, why aren't we getting where we need to go? Oh, because there's only so far you can get without the people that control everything choosing to open a door for you. Yes. And that removes 
um, the onus of personal responsibility um, from the person and puts it back where it should be on both the systems that are in place that control access to to arts and, and every industry, and also the fact that um, we live in a society that is, you know, really controlled by what is it, twelve hundred families or something like that, or the are the wealthiest families? I forget. I did one. I have a great graph, <laughs> but uh, but it's uh, you know they don't they don't want you to think about that. They uh, it's like when you you know when you drive past a uh, like a water and power billboard and they're like flex your power make sure to turn off the light it's like oh yeah my lamp is the thing that's causing global <laughs> warming not your massive 70 tons of carbon per day that you oh, it's yeah. my fault not the downtown buildings lit with nobody in them yeah well yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly so well and i mean even in the classical world you know it's like I remember so many times thinking, well, you know, I've won these local competitions and yet if I send it off to like national competitions, it's like almost automatically rejected for what reason, you know, and then you start seeing who's the winners and you start seeing, oh, there's a connection between this person who went to this school and the judge for this competition is also, you know, either faculty or they have some sort of connection with that school or the person. Yeah just got this job at like a low tier mid school. They were the student of someone who used to teach there. And it's like, ah, the nepotism, yeah. nepotism. Absolutely. I, I feel like it's even worse in classical. Like um, it's such a shrinking field. Like there's no spots on orchestras for, you know, if you're studying mm -hmm. cello, like good luck. And then if you're trying to be a conductor, like Dudamel is the you know the guy he's got the only conducting job right what there could be only one famous <laughs> conductor it's just one guy over and over right um, and it's a very small controlled uh, controlled world I feel like that and also um, also acting like it's re it's really hard to get anywhere acting yeah sorry go so, ahead oh no you're good I was gonna say I think something that's really powerful about just exposing this toxic myth and I'm sure you have all these insights as you're creating this, but it, it's so comforting to hear that busted wide open as an artist. Um, because like you said, you work, you, you toil and you work really hard and you just, I mean, I grew up with the myth thinking like, Oh man, one day I'm going to get discovered. Is it you just have this like American dream that or like, it's like a fairy tale. I'm going to get discovered as an artist and somebody's going to be at my composition concert and they're going to be like, wow, we got to have her for this movie and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you just insert crazy dream here. We dreamed this since we're kids and at least like what it did for me, it, like right out of college was just destroy me and it, like made me never want to come back or pick up the pen or yeah. sit down at my piano and it's taken years of thank god years of personal development and therapy and coaching to come back from that and to go okay i have a voice and something worth saying um but i think like you said just talking about that and opening that conversation and sharing a video about it is so damn powerful because i think we're really going to miss out on an entire i mean just generations and generations of artists that are making really good music and have really powerful stuff and really put the time in to hone their craft that otherwise wouldn't create um, if they just give up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, you make a lot of good points. And, uh, and something I want to make sure that I point out is that like, I'm not the first person to be talking about these things. And in fact, um, 
you know, I, I learned everything that I'm ever said. Um, the only thing I know anything about is music, right? And every, every, all, anything else that I've ever said is been taught to me by people a lot smarter than me. Some of them, I actually want to shout out. There's an Instagram account called decolonize this place. There's an Instagram account called thinking abolition. There's an Instagram account called community centric fundraising. There's an Instagram account called black socialists. Uh, that's their handle. And then it's black socialists in America. There's an Instagram account called uncolonial history. And you can go to my, my Instagram and also my TikTok and see who I'm following. And, um, I, I want to make sure that I credit, like, this is, I didn't figure this out by myself, right? Again, like not self-made, uh, community-made. <laughs> and also, um, uh, I'm, a, I'm a white person, and I don't want to be speaking with a sense of authority about things where it sounds like um, I came up with it. Like, I've had this realization, everyone. It's Johnny Whitebread here. Let me tell you how the world works. Like, that's not... Let me explain this to you. No, I'm yeah, just <laughs> Which is, um, it's really important that I, I, I'm not trying to center myself with these things. The only place where I want to center myself is when I'm playing a song. Um, then, then it's about me. And, but even then, like it's about the music that's coming through. I'm going to get all uh, hippie-ish for a second, but when I, I play it. music, when I play music, it feels like I'm just channeling the music and I don't exist, which is why I love it because I just am music yeah. at that point. I'm not, yeah. there's no mind anymore. So I guess I'm never trying to center me. I'm trying to center my, my music what, in my music. And then the rest of the time, um, something I want to start doing in, in videos is since I never expected them to, to gain the kind of traction they have is start crediting where the ideas that I have are coming from because, mm -hmm. um, people are, I've noticed a lot of comments where people say like, Oh, you're, literally I'm uh, quoting like you're doing the Lord's work or thank you for sharing this or your videos are so important. And it's like, eh, like yeah. I am, I am talking about stuff. That's, that's our, that's that I've only learned over the last like 10 years or so, you know, it's not like I came out of the womb, like down with capitalism. Right. Like, I, I came <laughs> I'm into, here, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I was born into Follow this me, brethren. Right. <laughs> No one, no one needs to follow me. I'm in, I'm in a support capacity only. Like, and the, uh, you know, I was born into the same shit that we're all born into, which is, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a world based on white supremacy, specifically white hetero supremacy. Um, and, uh, these systems that are, you know, in place that, uh, like you said a, a minute ago, Hillary is, is like destroy much more than they ever foster creation. So, um, I want to be cognizant of that. And two, I have a, I have a story for you. Um, you said you you felt like you um, you know really dejected with your with your acting experience. And I don't know if you know the story about Matt Damon, but the first real role he got, what well, I can't remember the name of the movie. I'm blanking on it, but it's uh, it was like '98 or something. It's the one he does right before Goodwill Hunting. And he finally gets this, he auditions and gets this role with these big other actors. I think Gene Hackman's in it and like a bunch of other like famous actors at the time. And he's going to have about five to seven minutes of screen time. And he plays this um, Iraq war veteran who's become addicted to heroin. So he lost like an unhealthy amount of weight for the part and doing the full method acting and everything. And he's great in it. Like he's the Matt Damon of today is an obnoxious douche canoe but the uh the matt damon of then 
was really committed to his craft and he's great. Like he does a really fantastic job and you hear him talk about it and he's like, I thought like, this is it. Like I'm in a major motion picture movie. Like I'm getting paid to act. I'm on screen with all these famous people. And then it was like five years went by with nobody like calling or anything. And um, that's why they ended up, him and Ben Affleck ended up making Goodwill Hunting. They wrote that as a vehicle for them. And the Robin Williams part in the script is flexible so that it could have starred anyone that said yes to it. So the movie could be made, but it's, it's crazy because imagine getting to that point, right? Where you're in, like you're in the thing and there's the people and there's the directors and you're going to the parties and you go to the premiere and all that. And then you're back in your studio apartment and no one cares. So like even, even getting through a door isn't a guarantee of success. And I relate to that too, because like, for the long, you know, 14 year old me would be so impressed that I got signed to a record label. Right. But that doesn't mean shit because then it depends what kind of contract did you have and who are the people that control that contract. And even though it says they're going to do these things, are they going to do them? And is the person like a, um, like is the whole reason they maintain their job is because they like the level of power that it affords them. And they actually sign a whole bunch of artists that they never intend on doing anything with just to have power over them because that's how, that's what they like. Um, there's all these things that you can't predict or expect. So uh, I agree with you that it's, that it's important to dismantle this. Like I've just got to start busking on the street and then someone's going to discover me like, Theoretically, maybe, but probably <laughs> not. Well, and I think even just sharing these, like, stories, as you said, like, they may not genuinely, or, you know, they may not be your idea, or you may not be the first human to have that thought, but I think it's so powerful to just be an advocate, and I feel like the more advocates we can get, the more we can bust this open, and even if it's not, you know, no one's reinventing the wheel, but I think everyone has this great, unique experience that they can share with that, like, Hey, I had, I put this video together because yeah, this, I mean, I had a similar experience in my life and then that impacts the next person. It's like, shit, yeah, me too. Or like, mine went a little bit differently and a little bit more like this. And yeah, yeah. I feel like that's how really powerful movements are born. Yeah. I'm inspired here, but <laughs> just. Yeah. And, and really being, <laughs> being transparent about one's journey, it doesn't just have to be music. Like for example, Everybody likes to use uh, Bill Gates as an example of like, wow, self-made billionaire. Like, no, the guy who invented Microsoft, not even that. Bill Gates um, is born rich and then buys what we know as Microsoft. He didn't invent it. He buys a software program and turns that into an empire with a, like hundreds of millions of dollars that he starts with. Or Elon Musk, his father owned a share in a diamond mine, and that's where it Elon starts or Steve Jobs, you know, he, no, he didn't build Apple from a garage so that, but they, it's important for us to investigate. Why are we so, why are we so um, addicted to these types of stories? And then why do the people who come from obscene privilege market themselves as that? Why, why do they think that that's how they have to be to appeal to us? Um, it's important to ask those questions because self-obsessed individualistic you know unrestricted capitalism is is destroying not only the planet but but you know the lives of of millions of people so oh, yeah. the more yeah. we can disentangle 
ourselves from it on a on an individual and and community level um i think the, the healthier we're going to be as a society yeah i remember the first time there's a um, personal development figure rachel hollis which she was in the news recently for an interesting scandal but um she admitted you know her earlier work i loved because she was like the first female i had heard that said like I have a nanny for my kids. I have a whole team helping me. When you see me on my podcast, you know, when, you're, when I'm writing my book or I'm in my podcast, it's not just me. I have a whole fucking dedicated team of people helping me. Sure. Uh, you get this idea that like Bill Gates was this self-made, nobody was around him helping him. Like nobody was at home taking care. I don't know if he has kids. Nobody was taking care of the house or, you know, like it was all him and it's like bullshit. Somebody was at home taking care of shit why he went away and i mean we could go down this whole rabbit hole with yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely it's so important for artists to see that to see that it's you know every there is this community of that because there for every composer that is slaying it out there there's probably someone at home supporting them or there's money supporting all of this and they're paying this team to help them take care of their life and they're not coming home and maybe doing their dishes and folding their laundry and mowing their lawn and getting everything taken care of. They're having help doing all of this. Yeah, absolutely. And it's <laughs> that's not to say that people don't make it from extreme poverty to extreme yes. wealth. It's just that they didn't do that through entirely their own volition. Like people like to, oh, through sheer force of will, Eminem yeah. made it from eight mile to, you know, Grammy winning artist. And it's like, no, you, we wouldn't know about him with, without Dr. Dre, like Dr. Dre had to see talent there and then be like, Oh, I'm going to make this into a whole thing. So Mm -hmm. I, I have people that argue with me on my posts that are like, I'm, I'm too literal about the definition of self-made, but, but I'm not the one that's defining it. It's, you know, take a look at the Republican Party, which is the, the party of, of self-made. Their whole thing is everybody has to be able to be completely 100% self-sufficient for themselves and the government shouldn't pay for medical care and there should be no basic living income and all like there's their business over everything else, right? And we are now seeing what kind of world that gets us because, you know, in, in my lifetime, um, which is, I, I was born in 82, so I'm, Jesus Christ, I'm almost 40. But um, the... 83. The... Uh, <laughs> All right, there we go. But the uh you know, the Republican Party has been the party of like pro business above everything else and then the Democrats have been Republicans light. And I I've, I've never had a party that's that's represented, you know, me or what I think and uh me and I that's me being born with uh, an immense amount like basically the most amount of privilege that you can have in this world. I, I guess the only thing I don't have is I wasn't wealthy i wasn't born rich but aside from that and so if i don't feel represented like god knows can you imagine you start removing the levels of privilege or actually i don't like that metaphor because it sounds like to be a good person you have to be that's not what i was trying to say i'm saying if you're born any other thing than a white cis man in this country um you have it rougher than everybody else um and So yeah, I I just I'm really for reimagining what society could be, and the only way we can do that, of course, is starting at a at a community level in a small 
spaces that we have. You know, it could start with your neighbor. It can be with your family and the way you interact with each other. It can be your friends. Um, uh, if people start, instead of thinking of, I've got to get mine and then hoard it and protect myself against like the outside, everything else. If it's like, like okay, expand your, expand your reach farther. What kind of world that we could we create? Um, it, at least it would be, be better for a while. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm really not convinced that humanity is going to be here past 2090, but, uh, you know, we could get, <laughs> we could at least have a good ride out, you know? Right. Well, and I do like that. Um, I mean, we went pretty kind of dark here a little bit, but like the one thing you are doing is that you do have like these new music playlists where you highlight new performers, um, you know, BIPOC performers, uh, specifically LGBTQIA plus, um, like because of that, I got into Young Merc and Majesty the God. And oh, they're so good. Durian and Subuki Blue, and I mean, it's like some amazing performers that are on there that I never would have known, you know, had I not found this. Not saying that, um, you know we owe all this to you, but it's like, it's like you said, it's like, this is just another way that the community has now shared and we can keep sharing that, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, my videos started to get some decent traction and then I was like, okay, that's great. And that's great for me and my career. And that makes my management happy and okay. But I don't, since it's not about me at like that's not my only goal i'm not doing it from a, a ego driven place um you know if i have some reach why don't i start bringing other people along with me regardless of whether i know them or not right so i started doing these videos where like hey just tell me your artist name and your song and uh like if i like it for any reason I'll, I'll post about it. And then a lot of people commented. And so I have a backlog that I'm working my way through. I'm actually, I've currently run into a problem because of uh, copyright protection. Yeah. So, so uh, any artist, even independent ones, you have to get your music online. You have to use a distributor. And when you, when you do that, it uh, registers it uh, with like the giant computer database of all sounds um, and, uh, what that means is when a video gets posted with a piece of music that you made, if you have copyright protection turned on, the video will automatically get pulled down. Well, if I'm posting, you know, five songs, I have no idea who has copyright protection turned on. And so that effectively as, as of this week has stopped me doing that and i'm trying to figure out a new way to to feature artists and i'm so far the only the only um, solution i come up with is to duet one of their videos but then that really gives me a backlog of people because i can only do one at a time uh so i, I definitely made a like a playlist and i i've been adding artists that i like to it on my on my spotify but um that doesn't get the same kind of traffic that my tiktok does so i'm, I'm definitely if somebody hears this and has a solution to this problem, please message me because I, I I'll feature you too. Like I, I want to feature, I'm a fan of good songs. Like my, my TikTok's about music, you know, uh, but, but imagine if more people started to, you know, the, the rock has uh what is it? 
uh, three something million followers on Instagram, even if he just started doing on his Instagram lives, uh, you know, which get an average of 50 K live people watching like, Hey, check out this song. Hey, check out this artist. Or it doesn't have to be songs. You know, maybe he wants to showcase actors. Maybe he wants to showcase wrestlers. Maybe he wants to like whatever. But the idea of like bringing people along and turning that spotlight of attention on to people, you know, somebody who's really right. good at this is, is Denzel Washington. He's directly responsible for Chadwick Boseman. I don't know if you heard that story, but he, he paid his tuition uh, to go to acting school. Um, and he, uh, a whole, if you go into his IMDb and look, like there's a whole bunch of people that he's brought along with him, uh, actors and stuff. Uh, and he was able to do that because of his success. And so not only is he like a fantastic thespian, but he's, he's bringing along the next generation of people. Like imagine if a, a group like the Rolling Stones did that. Like, do we really need another Rolling Stones concert? Like, what are they, a thousand and five? Like, but what if, okay, if you're still going to play, then have a whole, like, you could you could do, like, you know, five or six new artists in front of you, have them each play 15-minute sets. You get to open for the Stones. People are going to watch and, you know, or, like, pick an artist, you know, whoever it is, Green Day. Like, right. instead of bringing out Blink-182 on tour, I think everybody knows who, fucking Blink-182 is, like, let's bring out some independent acts. Right, right. Um, and we're just not conditioned to think this way. We're conditioned to, you get there, you get yours, and then it's about you, 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 until you die. And I just, I don't like it. I don't, I think it's, Yeah. I disagree with it. <laughs> yeah, there's one TikTok person called Linnea, um, who has, she has her own music that she puts out, but she also has these segments like yours, where she's like, she has her sound on the background, but then she will have like the pop-up of new artists that you should check out, you know? And she'd be like, if you like LGBTQIA plus people, check out this person or this person or this person or this person, you know? That's a cool idea. I just, the only thing I don't like about that is it's not showcasing their work. Like I right. want right that, you know, people are lazy. And so if it's like, oh, I have to click twice to get to the person, right. then then they don't it's too much yeah <laughs> too much clicking our first episode was about new orleans and bounce music yeah and i thought i used small enough samples of big frida and but the moment it got like because we used to post them to youtube too moment it got posted on the youtube it was just a copyright infringement Goodbye. Yeah. Oh. it's it's extreme i uh the couple of times that I've tried to post a music video to YouTube on my own channel, I get a takedown request against myself automatically. <laughs> hey, do you know what you're doing here? Yeah. <laughs> you promoting yourself. It's like a, it's like a uh, Tyler Durden situation. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I'm actually, uh, that's a, speaking of plugging my music, I just shot a video last night uh, for, my next song, which is called Gasoline, which is going to come out uh, later this month. And I'm um, premiering it on TikTok. Like, that's where we're going to put the video. And so, cool. uh, and that's directly because of um, the fact that it has a shot at having some reach on there. I, I tried an experiment uploading the same content I've been doing on TikTok to YouTube. And it's like five views, <laughs> six views, because there's no organic reach. And that was rewarding for me, actually, because it's like, well, I know that it's not the content because the content reaches a target audience. And like I found there have been people that have found my music and liked it. 
Yeah. Same with Spotify. Like all of it's gatekept. Like imagine if Spotify's recommendations like actually started playing. You know, they have all the music, but they're like, well, if you, you know, I love, <laughs> I love Green Day, so I'll be like, show me bands like Green Day. I'll be like, Blink One Eight Two, Alkaline Trio, Sum Forty One. There are no more. There's no more. And right. it's like, there's, there's a billion. There's a billion Spotify. <laughs> I was literally bitching about this to my boyfriend. Like, I was like, I just bought a Pandora subscription because their algorithm actually uh, into me. Yeah. Because I'm like, Spotify just keeps playing the same three bands I don't like. like <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure yeah. you don't like this band? We'll try it again. And I'm like, no, give me somebody new. Well, there isn't anybody new. I'm like, yeah, I hate it. And Spotify. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then if you go to their official playlists, uh, you're only going to get major label stuff because the major labels have direct relationships with us. The only way to get on those playlists is, is uh, if you know it's one person, if it's rock, it's one person, their name is Ali Heigendorf. And if you have a personal relationship with her or your label does, you'll be on a playlist. And if you don't, it's impossible. Even with their artist submission tool and everything, that's how it works. That's interesting. Um, that's why it sucks so bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, which makes sense. It's just like radio was back in the day. It's pay to play, basically. It's like, so your label is going to be like, hey, we'll give this amount of money to Spotify. Um, and then that's for marketing, quote unquote. And then your song gets added. I don't know if you know the story of, everyone's most obnoxious band, Limp Biscuit. The only reason we know Limp Biscuit is because their manager gave, I think it was like five or $10,000 to the local radio station, wherever they were, to play their song and put it in rotation. So it was like, that was just how things got on the radio. And they were fortunate that their song had a hook. And then they, uh, what they did is they generated interest in over two weeks having that song be played right before they were about to do a showcase for a bunch of labels. So then like 200 people came out to see them and mm. packed out whatever tiny venue that was. And then the label was like, Oh my God, this band is hot. We've got to sign them. Um, and that's how Limp Biscuit was unleashed upon the world. And uh, now they're back. Are they? Yeah. They just released a new one called like dad vibes or something. Oh God. <laughs> you know, the thing about Limp Biscuit is they have a amazing rhythm section. Like, I don't know if you, the last time I paid attention to them was uh, that song Golden Cobra, which is off their, like the album like six years ago or something. Like the opening like 20 seconds of that song is just a, like a really simple, solid rock groove that's really great. And then, yeah, and like Fred comes in, starts rapping and it's like, oh God, it ruins everything. <laughs> but, but until that point, that 20 seconds was great. <laughs> oh yeah. There's lots of songs like that where it's like, oh, this is a good groove. And then someone comes in and you're like, oh. Well, I think, I think white people in general just shouldn't rap. Like, uh, and then like, our, or like maybe you get one, like every 10 years, like Eminem, okay. Um, I don't think there's a replacement right now. Machine Gun Kelly tried to replace him, but like I oh. despise everything about that person. And uh, hilarious too between him and Eminem. Like, yeah, but that's, that's another good example. I don't know if you all saw the cipher. Eminem did the cipher, right? Which was, he did this anti Donald Trump freestyle thing. Right. And it's him surrounded by black folks, but he's the only one that ever raps. And I'm sure all those people behind him are rappers or like people that, you know, are part of his crew. Like what if instead he featured them or, okay, Eminem do one verse to show how you've still got it, whatever. And then just stand there 
Like, right. All you have to do is literally stand there and let other people rap and you're showcasing them by doing that. And people will watch because you're standing there. Like that's an immense amount of power where you could launch tons of careers. You could even make money off them, sign them to your label, you know, but it's like about him, you know, it's about him and his, his ego and his thing. It's like you, dude, you already achieved everything that can be achieved. You can play a show wherever you want at any time and, you know, draw thousands of people. You can release a record whenever you want. You'll only make money doing music, like bringing some other people through this, this, this illusion that there's mm-hmm. scarcity, like, like there's, oh, there can only be so many artists at a given time. No, we, as we were just talking about with Spotify, like we're always ready for like a next song, next music, next uh, movie, next show. Like there's an endless need for entertainment. Um, so open the doors. Yeah. yeah. I love that idea. I love your, maybe not your idea. We're yeah, really, not mine. I love that you are spreading the idea of community and bringing people up and picking picking everyone up around you and i love i don't know i just it's such an engaging idea and it's like you said it's it's not always seen and so it's really powerful just to like i think by you doing it it opens doors for other people to do it as well like i said you're not the first person <laughs> no but and, and, and i'm definitely i'm definitely not the only person on tiktok doing it in fact if you go into who i'm following there's there's some great uh great folks that that do even better breakdowns of just just straight capitalism like i'm focused on music but like (laughs) disassembling the capitalist narrative and i think it's i think i can't emphasize enough uh how much is important to decenter me because like the last thing the world needs is another white person with a lot of opinions right like like uh so i'm happy to i'm i'm happy that i have stumbled upon something that gets me attention. And I think it's important to talk about these things, mm-hmm. but I also don't want to be conf- confused with, I don't, I don't want people, I don't want to take credit for, nor, nor people to assume that I, I'm the, the source point yeah. uh, for those things because, uh, Because uh, that's just wrong. And not only is it literally wrong, I think I think it's it's morally wrong. So I, I'm I'm going to make you know I'm not I'm not uh, every white person is uh, like a, it's like AA. Every white person is a recovering uh, racist if they're trying to do the work right. You're never you're, you're never not racist. So I, I I fuck up, and one of the ways that I fucked up is by not crediting. Uh, these ideas and the authors of these ideas. So that's something I'm going to rectify moving forward is I plan to have a section in each video where, you know, hello, fellow white people, are you interested in becoming a better white person? Then here's some people you need to follow. And here's the, uh, you know, would you like to learn more about not being terrible? Like the best we can hope to be is not terrible, you know? So um, that's, I want to direct people to do that because that's, I'm working on myself every day too. And, uh, and we as white people should not, should not be centered. Um, the, again, you know, you don't center me when I'm, when I'm on stage singing, but the, but the rest of the time, like I'd much rather have somebody else be getting the, the attention. So. I don't know. This has felt like a great conversation of just like, I don't know, very empowering and 
that's good. I, I've noticed that I seem to have broken out in a rash. Uh, I don't know what's oh, going no. on here. I think I'm allergic to the moisturizer I put on. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I was watching my face and I was like, this is, my head's turning red. That's not good. So. No, I have a similar skin allergy problem with lots of, anything with fragrance can take me down. So I hope yeah, that's be okay. I, I went uh, I went rogue and tried a new moisturizer and this is not this is not good but see I mean Jesus Christ what a what a first world problem my moisturizer <laughs> is giving me a rash and I'm it's uh, attacking me yeah. I'm oppressed <laughs> no this has been so fun to chat with you and to hear you share ideas um, that you have collected and curated and I think they're incredibly powerful ones especially in this day and age where we are trying to raise our awareness and know what we don't know and learn what we don't know. And I think the way going forward doing that is, like I said, just keep curating this idea of community community and lifting each other up and connecting with each other and empowering each other wherever we can. So it's really awesome yes. to you as part of that community. And you're very inspiring. I'm like, shit, I want to do stuff like this. This is so Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Well, and, and that, and that, inspiration that you're feeling like, like again that's not me like you're responding to my enthusiasm yeah. but um <laughs> but the other things out of your list that like we need to end white supremacy we need to destroy capitalism we need to uh end for-profit prisons like there's there's so much stuff that needs to be done and a lot of it is by uh us as white people willingly giving up power right because there's a bunch of white people that will not willingly give up power right but the ones of us who want to be um, who want to do the right thing need to decenter ourselves and and start uh, getting the fuck out of the way and uh, and that that can't be that can't be left out. So that that's that's another reason why I I, I want to showcase folks and why my 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 videos are for promoted people are specifically BIPOC and or LGBTQIA folks. Like I'm a queer non-binary person, um, but I can walk through the world with an immense amount of privilege because of like, I don't, I'm not androgynous and, uh, I, I can, I can butch it up if I need to, you know? So like, <laughs> so it, uh, I want to, I want to feature people that would not necessarily get featured and, you know, TikTok. it's been proven TikTok's algorithm is racist. Like it prioritizes white faces over anyone non-white. Right. So, okay. I've got, I've got some attention on me. Who, who can I bring with me? Because yeah. um, because the world needs more Denzels and, and less me's. <laughs> You've got the door open. How many people can we get it back in here? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And now for shameless self-promotion time, uh, I do have a new song coming out. Uh, you can find that just by going to officialvatica.com. Uh, follow me on all the stuff at Vatica. Um, sign up for my mailing list. I mean, I, I have all the things, you know, if you, if you want to reach out to me on Facebook, it might take me a month to get back. I never check it, but, uh, TikTok is where I'm active and, and Instagram. Um, you'll see me yelling at corporations on Twitter. Uh, I pretty much do that. Like no one, no one cares. Like Twitter's terrible for music. Like unless you're, uh, unless you're a comedian and you can do like snarky little jokes every day or news, but, uh, I do have one. Um, but yeah, especially, uh, if you're, if you're an artist that, that wants to be, uh, featured, um, 
hit me up on, on TikTok or you can email me at officialvatica at gmail.com or, um, or band at officialvatica and, uh, and I'll feature you. Just, it might take a while if I have to do it one person at a time, but, but I'll get you. And then your new song, Gasoline, that comes out. So it's looking like that comes out October 29th, but don't quote me on that because that's just what my management said they're shooting for today. Like I, you know, talk about privilege. I've saved some money and I'm going to be able to hire a publicist for this one song. So that basically a PR campaign, um, they either work in, in weeks or months and I'm going to be able to do, uh, I can afford to do six weeks of press for it. So hopefully the song, Go somewhere. It's um, and the music video will be on my TikTok um, definitely by the end of the month. Um, it is a song about um, the destructive nature of desire. And by desire, I mean the desire for anything. You know, not just sexually, but like desire for fame, the desire for food, the desire for wealth. The and what if you know desire is neither good or bad. It's like electricity. You know, mm-hmm. it, it can power something or it can kill something. But you know, if you if you decenter the desire from yourself and channel it uh, into energy towards accomplishing good stuff, it can be a force for good. Uh, that's kind of what the song is about. Um, but it's a catchy one. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited. I mean, I like. So far, I haven't heard a bad one yet. So thanks. <laughs> I try to hide those. Keep those. We all yeah. Yeah. those in the shelf somewhere secret. So yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on. It's been great talking. Uh, we'll do like a little farewell here, and then we'll stop recording and do a farewell. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, and it's been great talking to you both. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on today. You filled my head with lots of wonderful ideas. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Sounds of the World podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. There are links to everything in the episode description and also on our website. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sounds of the World. To show support for Sounds of the World podcast, please join our Patreon, where you can have access to our after-party discussions with guests, discounted merchandise, and even more. If you have any questions, answers, or episode suggestions, please email us at Sounds of the world podcast at gmail.com. Well, Bill, I think I'm going to go have a beer now. Hey, there you go. <laughs>